Have you ever thought about a past relationship that you used to have and you compare it to a different relationship that you have now and somewhat regret that you don't have that past relationship? As you look back in your memory vault and think about how things used to be with someone and you compare that to this person that you are with and think, oh my word, maybe I have made a mistake. Our memories can play tricks on our minds. And if you're not careful, we can grow in dissatisfaction for the life we have while giving unmerited honor to a past that we have revised to fit the cravings of our hearts. Learning how to capture these rogue thoughts from the memory vault and submitting them to the obedience of Christ is crucial or you always live in that double-minded, twisted world between a relationship that got away or one that you let go and the relationship that you have. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I want to talk about your memories today. Specifically, the title of this podcast is Memories forgetting past relationship thoughts. Now, if you want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. Look for this title, Memories Forgetting Past Relationship Thoughts, and you will read the story about Biff and Marge. Biff and Marge, they had a relationship in the past, and then In the future, Biff married Mabel, and the relationship with Mabel, well, it's become strained, and so Biff is reflecting backward. He's thinking about what he had with Marge, and he's living with a little bit of regret. And, of course, as you know, that's a problem, and I want to talk about that in this podcast. If you want to chat with me about anything, whether it's memories, current relationship, past relationship, or something else, We have a free community forum that is accessible to anybody in the world who has the Internet. Get on the Internet, go to our cyber home, our office. The address is rickthomas.net, and you can ask your question. There's no charge whatsoever. This is a service provided to you by those who underwrite our ministry. They are the ones that make all of this happen and i'm quite grateful for them that they support us this way so that we can reach hundreds of thousands of lives annually we can serve them with the practical message of christ and so if you're one of those people you have a question we have free community forums for you to talk to us if you if you're one of those supporters go to the private community forum and and that's where you can chat That's where you can chat with us. Memories, forgetting past relationship thoughts. Our friend Biff is finding himself in a problem again. He had an active sex life during his college years, and one of his relationships lasted for two years. Her name was Marge. Many people assume that Biff would marry Marge, After he graduated and took a job in another city, his pace of life picked up and Marge slowly drifted from his mind and his life. Enter Mabel. 
Once he settled into his new career, new apartment, and became more of a local, he eventually began to think about companionship again. Mabel was a colleague, and though he was initially turned off by her, being with her each day softened his heart toward her. Mabel liked him from the beginning and was persistent in her sly way about getting that first date. Biff did not have a long line of girls seeking him out, so he went on another date with Mabel, and then another, and another. Though he wasn't that interested in her, it was something to do, and she was a girl. Before long, people were making similar assumptions as they did with Biff and Marge. Biff didn't mind. He loved the idea of romance and fun because it brought back memories of a good time in his life, a carefree time. And Mabel was better than nothing. Living in an apartment alone was never that appealing anyway to Biff, so he hung with Mabel. Soon they became inseparable, and he even started liking her. At this juncture in the article here, I have an infographic that's titled The, the, the Love Paradigm. I'm not going to break it down for you here, but I do want to draw attention to it because there are two views when it comes to this idea of love. There's the culture's view and there's the Christian's view. And the culture's view of love, the foundational piece, the very bottom piece, if you look at it like a pyramid uh, with blocks stacked on top of it, the culture's view of love, this foundational piece, is good feelings. And that's how they began relationships. It's all about a feeling. And then they build on top of that. And, of course, you can imagine how that goes as they continue to stack on top of these good feelings. Eventually, the feelings will go away. And, of course, the love will break down, the relationship will break. And then there's the Christian's view of love, as this infographic visualizes. It's not built on a feeling. It's built on a commitment. Now, the beauty of this, if you build a relationship on commitment as opposed to feelings, well, when the good feelings go away, you still have a commitment. Do you hear the difference there? And so you can look at this love paradigm infographic in this article titled Memories, Forgetting Past Relationship Thoughts. And you can see the mistake that Biff made. He was building his love relationship on a feeling, not on a commitment. And of course, it went to some bad places. And so people were assuming that Biff and Mabel would get married, and they did. Now let's index forward five years. Biff and Mabel are married. They stayed in their careers, and they were working long hours. They eventually bought a fixer-upper. They put off children, saying they were not ready for the next big step. Unbeknownst to Mabel, Biff's commitment to her, it was not that deep. I'll refer you back to my love paradigm. His relationship was built on a feeling, not on a commitment, so therefore it can't be that deep. He loved her, and you may want to put that in quotation marks, but he was more committed to his job than to his wife. The somewhat sweet things he initially liked about Mabel were becoming annoyances. 
when they were dating. Oh, that's just the way she is. She's so cute when she does that. But because of his lack of commitment, he could mostly put the disappointment and irritants out of his mind. He just blew it off because his thoughts about her weren't that deep anyway. Besides, he had a fallback plan. Biff loved his job, and he was on the rise. He was a promising new star in his company. Deep down, though, he was not happy. He was a discontented soul, especially with Mabel. It is one thing to date, but he never realized the commitment and the ever-present attachment of marriage. Even with all the good things coming his way through his job, there was a growing emptiness along with a desire for less attachment to his wife. Biff was set up for a personal struggle. That personal struggle was between his ears. It was in his mind, specifically his memories. He had a superficial commitment to his wife, Mabel. And because the commitment was not deep, there was a magnification of her annoyances. You see, if you don't like someone, or if you're growing in dislike toward someone, their annoyances will magnify. After a while, it'll be like a a large, the world's largest projector screen, and they will project on, on the, the world's biggest wall. And those little annoyances will become bigger and bigger if you don't have a deep commitment to that person. His job was fun, but it was not satisfying. And because he broke his relationship with Marge due to the move, moving to another town, her perfect ways remain alluring. Now, you know what I mean by perfect ways. You could put that in quotation marks as well. You see, Biff had a short-term relationship with Marge, and that ended. And so she was perfect to him, at least in his mind. Biff was a Christian, and he knew even though he was self-centered, God was somewhere in this mess, and it was wrong to struggle the way he did. And so he did one good thing. He began to own what was going on in his own mind. And so he went to his pastor to get some help about these secret thoughts that he could not shake. He gave his pastor the scoop, the things that I've been sharing with you, and his pastor began to address some of the significant areas in his life that, that needed to change. Now, one of those areas that needed to change is this idea of the doctrine of sin conjoined with relationships. You have to connect the doctrine of sin to relationships or you will have an improper view of relationships. Let me explain it this way. I'll let me give you an illustration with John F. Kennedy. Often when a person dies young or younger than expected, that person can become fixed in time, in our minds as a perfect individual. JFK was such a person he died young. His life was cut short. And to many people, he is one of those near-perfect American icons. People can dismiss or ignore his womanizing. They can dismiss his poor politics. He was on the move, up and coming, and then suddenly, by an assassin's bullet, 
time froze him tragically. Because of his death and a lack of technology, meaning a lack of social media, today is harder to hide behind the facts of your life. It's hard, harder to disguise your life uh, because of social media. But John F. Kennedy uh, was killed in November 1963, and because of his death and a lack of technology, we really weren't able to tell the whole story about him. And so many people remind, uh, remember him in a sentimental way as somewhat perfect, an iconic person. And that's what happens when we freeze people in time and their true selves do not become known or do not become popularized. Marge was like this to Biff. She was frozen. She was his frozen lover in time, in his past in his mind, and because of their innocuous breakup and permanent separation, time stood still, frozen, back there sometime. There was never a whole story. There was never an entire relationship of Biff and Marge, and so it was frozen in a perfect time. Biff froze Marge in his mind. They had a fun-filled relationship that was mostly problem-free because they were in college. They were drinking in the party scene, rocking out at the football games, and enjoying timely breaks from each other. That's always helpful. Biff had his life, and Marge had hers. They came together for two to six hours a day, but not every day. And when they did come together, they had fun. The life he lived with Marge was not the real world. The life he lives with Mabel is the real world. With Marge, it was a fantasy. With Mabel, it is a reality. Bill finds it more comfortable to live in his imagination than his present reality. Do you see the problem here? And because he terminated his relationship with Marge, they did not go the distance by entering into the challenges of relationship building through marriage. This is why I said earlier that you have to connect the doctrine of sin to relationships if you don't, you will have a fictionalized picture of that person that you were, you were with. Thus, all of his memories are good, which is why they are so appealing to him. If he truly understood the doctrine of sin, he would know that Marge is a sinner too. Imagine that. Just because what they did as friends and how they went about doing it did not challenge their patience or their love for each other, it doesn't mean that Marge is a better gal. Both Marge and Mabel are sinners along with Biff. It's not as perfect as he would like to be. This is one of the things that the pastor, Biff's pastor, was trying to get across to him. This scenario is the temptation with many men and women in troubled marriages or marriages struggling due to past romantic memories. 
they either think about a previous relationship or they dream about a future one and they begin to believe that the grass is greener on the other side. They blind themselves to the statistical reality that second and third marriages are more than likely to end in divorce than their first one. In such cases, their view of sin, their doctrine of sin is corrupted by their lust for self-centered relational gratification. Whenever a person struggles with past thoughts in the way that Biff was, it's a surefire clue that there is a lack of aggressive other-centeredness in the current relationship. Biff's pastor pointed this out to him. Now, Biff knew it. But he was not willing to be honest about how he presented his thought life to his pastor. He liked Marge better because of how she made him feel. And Biff did not want to say that. Now what I'd like to do is to take this scenario that I've just presented to you and contextualize it inside the gospel just for a moment. Let's think about the gospel. Suppose Christ picked who he wanted to be with based on how that person, you and me, made him feel. Well, if that was the case, there would be no gospel. He would be like all the other gods from all the other different religions. We would have to merit his love. Christ did not pick us based on how we made him feel because we didn't make him feel good Biff's marriage is like all the other religions. His wife has to win his heart rather than Biff winning his wife's heart. The gospel is the opposite of how Biff functioned in his marriage. Christ won our hearts rather than expecting us to make him happy first. And you can say praise God right there. Christ had relational aggression toward us. Because it was not about what he could get out of the relationship primarily, but about what he could pour into the relationship. Do you see how this is so opposite of how Biff thinks? Biff is thinking about what he can get. That's what I was saying earlier in that infographic, the love paradigm. He builds his love on a feeling, not on a commitment. Christ makes a commitment toward us that leads to a very good feeling. But that's not the perspective. That's not how Biff thinks. Now, I know, I know. If you ask Biff, he would say, well, of course I love Mabel. And to a degree, and in his own way, he does love Mabel. But he does not love her according to the gospel. He does not love her the way Christ committed himself to us. And that is why her annoyances are so annoying to him. He has forgotten that Marge is a sinner too. He has also forgotten how Christ loved him. These are two significant pieces that Biff needs to come to terms with. That woman in his mind, though she was very real in time, she's frozen in time. And he did not have the time to go the distance with her to figure out that she has many annoyances that someone like Biff would put on his projector screen and Marge would be an irritant too. And he's also forgotten how Christ loved him. 
Christ loved the annoying person. Even while we were sinners, as Paul said in Romans 5, 8, Christ loved us. Our minds are not victims that hold us captive. Biff is not a victim here that's being held captive by this memory from his past. Biff is choosing what he is putting in his head. Biff centers his mind in a fantasy that satisfies him while he lives with a woman who cannot compete with his memories. Biff has not been careful with his thought life. He finds himself slipping away to that fantasy world, even during board meetings. As time goes by, he grows in his disdain and acceptance for the real people in his world. Living with real sinners cannot compete with the fantasy relationships we have in our mind or the relationships that we want. And so now Biff is growing in disdain for Mabel because she is imperfect. She's the one who's closest to him. And so he sees her in reality. This problem is why Biff needs to shake himself violently while reorienting his mind back to the gospel. Paul said it this way in Philippians 2.3, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Biff has this twisted. He counts himself more significant in the relationship that he wants rather than having this, what I called earlier, this relational aggression toward Mabel. He needs to set Mabel up as more significant. But what Biff has done, he set up rivals in his mind. Marge versus Mabel, a loser leaves town match. The former one he likes and the latter one, Mabel, well, he's growing in resentment toward her. Now, the bad news here is that this latter one, Mabel, well, he needs to repent. One of the ways he can change is by reading the rest of the Philippians text that I shared with you earlier, Philippians 2, 3. Read all of that. Read Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11 where it talks about how the gospel came to become like us, to save us from our sins. Biff needs to spend every day of his life asking the Father to purge his mind of self-centered thinking and to give him an affection for his wife. He needs affection for the one that God has given to him, Mabel. He needs to fall in love with Mabel the right way, and the only way he can do this is by first coming to terms with the gospel. Here are a few questions that he can ask himself. Why did, what did Christ do for you? What did Christ do for you? He died for the unlovable. Did you deserve what he did for you? No, you did not. Why did he do what he did for you? Because he loves you for the joy that was set before him, Hebrews chapter 12. And then Biff needs to ask God to give him empowering grace to do for his wife what Christ did for him. There is this idea of historical revision. You see, our thoughts are not accurate. We skew our views. How many times have you been in a situation where you were recounting the history of whatever happened with someone else 
who happened to be with you during that moment and how they had a different perspective than you. We should approach the historical moments in our lives with humility. I want to make two simple statements, two universal truths when it comes to this idea or this temptation of historical revision, and hopefully it will help you to get your mind around this idea of how we can change our past to suit ourselves. The first universal truth is, here it is, wait for it, you are not omniscient. Though this may be disarming to you, it is true. You do not know everything. Only God knows everything. Biff thinks things would have been different with Marge. Biff is wrong. Biff is dead wrong. Biff and Marge are sinners. There would have been their unique version of dysfunction in their relationship if they were married. It might not be identical to the dysfunction that Biff is having with Mabel, but he would have a unique version of dysfunction with Marge. Biff is not omniscient. It's not what he, what he thinks he knows is not what he needs to know. And the second universal truth is you are not infallible, meaning that you never make any mistakes. You're fallible in your thinking. What you thought was right, what Biff thought was right in the past with Marge, may not have been correct. You and I view things through a skewed lens, and we will always skew it to our advantage. We, are, we will consistently seek our advantage in things. Don't you think it would also be true in how we interpret things, that we will interpret things to our advantage? We are loyalists who are loyal to ourselves. This self-centered realism will affect how you believe about your past. Your loyalty to yourself will affect the interpretations that you bring to the things in the past. I remember several years ago about having a conversation with my brother about our childhood. It was interesting to hear his perspective. At one moment when he was talking, I thought to myself, was he even in my childhood? The way he talked about our life together and the way I thought about our life together were at times not on the same planet. Here's my point for Biff. He needs to hold his past humbly and with suspicion. The humble heart holds things loosely. The proud heart is inflexible. To be rigid in your past thoughts when you are fallible and not omniscient, it can lead you into a mental trap. The only way you can know with absolute assurance the will of God is by looking in the rearview mirror. And what I mean is that you cannot understand what God's will is for the future, but you can know what it is by looking at what has happened. The future is unclear, but the past is specific. And we now know that God wanted Biff to marry Mabel. That is God's will. How do we know that? Because we're looking in the rearview mirror. That is the way that you understand God's will for your life is by looking in the rearview mirror to see what has happened. We don't know what's going to be on tomorrow. James talked about that in James 4, 13 through 17. And we know that God wanted Biff to marry Mabel because Biff married Mabel. I do not know all the particulars regarding how he came to that decision of marrying Mabel, 
But I do know that he came to it, and that is God's will for his life. Dreaming, hoping, thinking, and maybe even strategizing about another relationship is arrogance and blatant dismissal of God's will for Bill's life. He needs to know this, and he needs to respond to God through humble repentance. God led Biff to Mabel. If he will humble himself to these truths and mightily pursue God and his wife, he will begin to experience a change in his thought life. He will fall in biblical love with Mabel, which starts on his knees in his closet as he pleads with the Lord to give him deep affection for Mabel. He has got to challenge himself mentally in prayer, asking God to help him to understand God's will for his life, which is to live with Mabel, loving her the way Christ loves him. It will be vital for his pastor, for his pastor to address these secret motives of his heart. You see, there will be levels of dishonesty and hypocrisy and cravings that will keep him hooked on a feeling because this is his habit. You have to remember that Biff has been thinking this way for decades now. He is hooked on a feeling. That is his habit. And he will easily revert back to this mental incarceration that he finds himself in his past. Gollum called it his precious in his heart of hearts, Gollum did not want to let go of the ring of power, and that is how Biff is struggling. The title of this podcast and the article on the website is Memories, Forgetting Past Relationship Thoughts. If you're struggling this way, I want you to come to our ministry and I want you to talk to us. Let us serve you. It would be our pleasure to do so. Thank you so much for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.